This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Larry Rust was my neighbor, and, and he was very, very... Well, he didn't appreciate that we had 300 goats next to him and these big stacks of hay right on the border of his property. So, you know, and he had a nice Japanese garden next there. And so I got up one morning, spent time alone with God, and I looked over and I saw that this, well, there's one thing about the first cuttings that you have to also know is that, yeah, it's wonderful and beautiful for goat and it's soft, but doesn't stack well because the lack of those firm stems also means those bales kind of crush over, you know. And so I looked over and I saw the first stack of first cuttings had fallen over on Larry's property. And immediately I felt the urge to rush over, start grabbing bales of hay, clean it off of Larry's property before he gets up. But then I felt another urge. And that urge was go ahead and spend your quiet time with Christ. It was as if I heard verse 16, you need not depart. You need not depart. It was like I was Mary and, and Martha was there and was ordering me, you know, go over there and clean up Larry's property. Luke 10, 38, Luke 10, 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost not thou care that my sister hath left me alone to serve? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away for her. Martha was telling the Lord that Mary needed to depart from Jesus' feet hearing his word, and she needed to come out and help with all the work in the kitchen and everywhere Martha was doing. It seemed fair, it seemed right for Martha, what she was saying about the Lord telling Mary to just tell her to depart, but the Lord's response was essentially, Mary need not depart. And that morning I felt the strong call and I felt this, you need to depart 
and clean up those fallen bales of hay on Larry's property, and when it was like the Lord was saying, no, you need not depart. And so it was a real struggle for me. I gotta tell you, it was real struggling, but I chose to leave those bales in the rain on Larry's property and spend time with Christ instead. And then, sure enough, Larry comes walking up the driveway. And I thought, okay, here it comes. He's gonna be really mad, because he has been in the past. And I'm really gonna get it from Larry. But to my total surprise, Larry comes in the garage where I was, and instead of anger, Larry says, Tom, I'm real sorry about all the hay you lost today in the rain when it got wet. I know it was real expensive for you, and I just came up to tell you how sorry I am for you. And he left. And I couldn't believe it. And I thought, wow, God touched Larry's heart. And he gave him a compassionate heart. He felt my loss because he knew what happens when the hay gets wet and how it's ruined. And that was God saying to me, you need not depart. I'll take care of your need for Larry so he won't be mad. You just stay right where you are. You've chosen that good part. It won't be taken away from you. Just like you said to Mary, when he said in Luke 10, 42, Luke 10, 42, one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her. And that's just what the Lord was saying about the multitude here in verse 16 when Jesus said, they need not depart, give you them to eat. So in essence, the, the Lord had told the disciples that, that the multitude had chosen the good part, which was to stay with Jesus. And then Jesus turned to the multitude, to the disciples rather, and he asked them, give them food. Give them food. And they look at the number of the people, and we know what the number was from verses 20 and 21. Verse 20 and 21, they did all eat, were filled, took up the fragments, remained 12 baskets, and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. That means there was 5,000 men with an unknown number of women and children, and families had a lot of children, so it's at least 15,000 people that are there. And the capacity of San Diego Sports Arena is 16,000. Just imagine San Diego Sports Arena, and it's packed with people, and you are a group of 12, and you brought no food, and you're looking at the sports arena that's packed with people, and you hear the command, feed all the people with hamburgers. I ate a hamburger last night, so it's fresh on my mind. <laughs> Wasn't a big hamburger, just a normal ham, simple hamburger, about a quarter pound meat with the bun, that's all. No tomato, no onion, just the burger and the bun. So it's fresh on my mind. Okay, so <laughs> actually I ate two hamburgers last night, oh, like that. Wasn't enough. So you begin to calculate 16,000 hamburgers. Let's see now, let's see. I'd use boxes, that's what I use, a box. Two foot by two foot, one foot tall because you don't want to smash the hamburgers. So you got about that time, boxes, okay. So let's see now. So you're gonna do that. So how many boxes of hamburgers would I need to, for everyone to have just one hamburger? Well, let's see now, my hamburger's about four inches diameter. So let's see, you can get six, one direction of the box, six the other, 36 hamburgers per layer. And let's say each hamburger is about three inches tall. No, you know, let's make those boxes six inches because you don't want to smash the hamburgers, you know. So 72 hamburgers per box, okay. So 16,000 hamburgers, we need 469 boxes. And we want to have some left over, and we don't want to be stingy. People are going to be like me. They're going to eat two hamburgers, but most won't because they're going to look like a pig. So anyway, so let's just say the number is 800 boxes, 800 boxes. 
a typical Ford F-150 truck bed, you can get eight of those two by two by one, two by two, anyway, boxes in there. And let's just say you're only going to go two layers. You don't want to smash things, you know. You don't For those 800 boxes, you're going to need 50 F-150 Ford pickup trucks full of hamburgers. Got them lined up there. So now you're picturing you need 50 pickups full of hamburgers to feed all those people. And a donkey cart's only about half the size F-150 Ford. So, so you need about 100 donkey carts full of hamburgers to feed all those people. 100 donkey carts. You can imagine how the, the disciples look at those thousands of people and they look at each other and say, we're supposed to give them to eat? Is he not aware that we didn't come with 100 donkey carts full of hamburgers or food? And he says that we're supposed to give them to eat? From where are we supposed to get all that food? We're just a little short on food today. And so the disciples do an inventory. In Matthew 14, 17, they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. You know, last Friday night, I went to an outdoor basketball game in Loreto and in Baja because my friend's 15-year-old son, Roberto, was playing on the local team, the Misioneros, and it's a good team. So I went, you know, I said, be there at 8.45. I was there at 8.45. The game didn't start till 9.30, and I, I hadn't eaten dinner. So I was hungry. So I went walking around. There was no places selling any food. Nothing's open, you know. It's like almost 10 o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... This couple appears, and they got a plastic bag, you know, like a grocery bag, and they're selling those Mexican sweetbreads. They had a few in the bag, and, and they sold them, and that was it. That was it for all of it. There was a lot of people there all outside in the park. That was all the food there was at 10 p.m. to buy at that basketball game. That's the great thing about Mexico. You know, people just seem to pop out out of nowhere selling stuff, especially food. But the quantities are limited, and so... When they sell them, that's it. Nada mas. No mas disponible. That's it. So probably that was the case here, that someone started to sell from a bag. In fact, it was a little kid. And what he had in the bag to sell to all these 16,000, 15,000 people were five loaves and two fishes. Actually, there's really an expansion on this history, and it's useful in uh, John 6.5, John 6.5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove them, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So again, the Lord looks at the multitude, he turns to Philip and he says, Philip, we have a problem on our hands. We need to feed all these people here. Now, Philip, where are we gonna get enough food to feed all them? No big deal, Philip, we just need about 100 donkey carts full of food. Where can we buy those 100 donkey carts of food, Philip? Now, the Lord knew all along how he was gonna solve the problem, but he didn't tell Philip. He just asked Philip how we're gonna solve the problem. And Philip says, even if we ask the people just to eat a little, maybe we cut the hamburgers in half and say to everyone, you just get a half a hamburger, it's gonna take 25 donkey carts full of hamburgers. And I'm not, you know, I don't wanna be cheap about this whole thing, but we don't have this. 
So in essence, Philip says, we are in trouble. We're in trouble. So while Philip is focused on the price for how much those 25 donkey carts full of food might cost, Andrew jumps in, wants to be very helpful. He tries to help. And Andrew is focused on the availability of the food. Never mind how much it costs, the availability of the food. And Andrew probably sees the kid with the bag, like I saw at the basketball game, the, the couple with the bag. And the kid has started to sell food. And so Andrew asked the kid, what do you got for sale? And the kid looks in his bag and he says, I got five barley loaves and two small fishes. So Philip said, they don't have enough money for what, the amount that's gonna be needed. And Andrew said that even if they had the money, there's nothing to buy out here, it's not available. Now, that's the history. Now, in this history, there are eight important statements. And these eight important simple statements have the power to give us an understanding of how we are to please God, how we are to serve God, how we are to serve others. And they're very useful statements. So we just wanna look at these statements now. The first statement was in Matthew 14, 15. Verse 15, Matthew 14, 15, which was the first statement, three words, send them away. The second statement is the next verse 16. Verse 16, the statement, four words, they need not depart. Next statement also in that same verse, verse 16, five words, give ye them to eat. And then the next statement is in John 6, 5, John 6, 5, whence shall we? And the next statement is in John 6, 7, John 6, 7, four words, not sufficient for them. And then John 6, 9, John 6, 9, what are they among so many? And John 6, 10, John 6, 10, make the men sit down. And last, Matthew 14, 18, Matthew 14, 18, bring them hither to me. So those are the eight statements. Send them away, they need not depart, give ye them to eat, whence shall we? Not sufficient for them, what are they among so many? Make the men sit down, bring them hither to me. Those are the statements. The first one, send them away. That's what the disciples said, and it reveals really our hearts, our natural hearts, if we're honest, selfish. Not what Philippians 3 through 5 says. Nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This is what the disciples should have done. They should have looked at the multitude and said, they're better than me. Okay, let me continue. Philippians 2, 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When they said, send them away, they were thinking of themselves and how the people were a burden to them. They were thinking of all those people had encroached on their time with the Lord. They were thinking that those people had created the problem by coming into the desert and not bringing food with them. What's the matter with you? They would have said to the people, why didn't you bring food? They were thinking how the lack of food was not their problem. It was the people's problem. It wasn't fair for them to be burdened with the people's problem. They did not have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, if we continue in that Philippians 2 portion with Philippians 2.5, Philippians 2.5, the mind of Christ is, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, 
being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why did he do that? Why did Christ make himself of no reputation? Why did Christ become observant? Why did Christ die on the cross? It was for the sin problem of others. He had no personal sin. He didn't have to die for his own sins because he didn't have any sins. He took on him the sin problem of others when it says in Isaiah 53, 4, Isaiah 53, 4, he hath borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. And then verse five, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. See, this statement, send them away, teaches us to say no to our feelings that people are a burden to us, that people's problems are a burden to us, that that's their problem and not my problem. And so when the Lord said then that the people need not depart, the second statement, they need not depart, he's giving a principle in life that when a person has decided to follow the Lord Jesus and to be with him, there's nothing in life that should be viewed as a necessity to have to leave Christ. That statement, they need not depart, teaches us never think that we need to leave the Lord for any reason. They need not depart teaches us that there's no need in life for us to compromise our commitment to spend time with the Lord. And then he goes on, the people knew how those people were gonna be fed. He knew, the Lord knew how they were gonna be fed. He knew that, he didn't tell anybody, but he knew. Because it says in John 6, 6, John 6, 6, for he himself, he himself knew what he would do. So he knows what the end game is. He knows it's gonna be the God of creation who he is who made everything that was made out of nothing. He knew he was gonna create enough food out of nothing from those five barley loaves and two small fishes. He knew he was gonna do that, and he could have just done it all himself. He could have just done it, but he chose to use the disciples when he challenged them with this phrase, give ye them to eat. Give ye them to eat. And the statement, give ye them to eat, teaches us that the Lord wants to use us to channel his provision to others. And then, when shall we? When the Lord asked Philip in John 6, 5, John 6, 5, when shall we? Where are we gonna get all this food? He knew the answer, but he was training Philip. He was training Philip. He wanted to see Philip's thinking change from Philip only considering what Philip had, what they had to provide, to thinking change of providing what God has. So the right answer that Philip should have given was, you know, when shall we get all this food? The answer was, you. That was the answer. You are the God of creation. You feed all the elephants on the Serengeti every day. You're gonna provide food, no problem for them. I don't know how, but you, you are the answer. So the statement, when shall we, teaches us that we have one simple source for all of our impossible needs, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's him, it's Christ. And then the simple statement, not sufficient for them. That simple statement that Philip said in John 6, 7, John 6, 7, that what they had wasn't sufficient for them, it tells us that we don't have in ourselves what we need for others. Just as Joseph did not have in himself the ability to interpret Pharaoh's dream 
when Joseph said to Pharaoh in Genesis 41.16, Genesis 41.16, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And then the, the next statement, what are they among so many? When Andrew looks at the five barley loaves and the two fishes, he throws up his hands and he says, what are they among so many? The statement, what are they among so many, teaches us to not belittle what God can work with, to not belittle others who are trying to do the work of God, to not belittle ourselves for attempting to serve the Lord. As the Lord said in Zechariah 4.10, Zechariah 4.10, who has despised the day of small things? You know, that was speaking, that was said during a time when the Jews came back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and what they were, that little band of Jews that came back, and what they saw, the enemies of the Jews really put it well. In Nehemiah 4.2, Nehemiah 4.2 said, he spake before his brethren, the enemies, and the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? The principle is little is much if God is in it. And you look at Israel today, when the few Jews landed on Israel's coast in 1945, barely got to the land of Israel with nothing, and they were surrounded by 300 million Arab enemies, and then just 20 years later, as a few million Jews stood off and defeated all those 300 million Arab enemies in a war that lasted six days, so they call it the Six-Day War, never say, what are these? What are they among so many? Okay, then the next phrase, bring them hither to me. The Lord didn't have to have those five barley loaves. He didn't have to have them. He brought to him the two fishes. He didn't have to bring them to him for him to multiply it, but he commanded it to be so. And that statement, bring them hither to me, teaches us that no matter what our need is in life, we need to bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. And then the Lord commanded in John 6.10, John 6.10, make the men sit down. Make the men sit down. He's telling the people, sit down. Wait, get ready for food. Wait and expect to be fed, which everyone knew that's gonna be a miracle. But he says, make the men sit down. It teaches us that we have a need to be patient. And in our patience, we need to wait for God to do a work with a sense of expectation. Sit down, wait with a sense of expectation. Just like Moses told the, the Jewish people at the Red Sea, when the Egyptians were on their way to destroy them, they could see the dust of the chariots off there. And Moses says to them in Exodus 14, 13, Exodus 14, 13, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. The Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. So what we've seen here is eight life lessons in eight statements. Send them away, they need not depart, give you them to eat, when shall we? Not sufficient for them. What are they among so many? Make the men sit down, bring them hither to me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a training God. Lord, it wasn't easy for the disciples and it's harder for us to be trained. But Lord, you're patient and we wanna learn. And so thank you for teaching in Jesus' name.
Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.